Welcome to the Software People Stories. I'm Shiv. I'm Chitra. And I'm Gaiti. We bring you interesting untold stories of people associated with the creation or consumption of software-based solutions. You'll hear stories of what worked and sometimes what didn't. You will also hear very personal experiences and insights that would trigger your thoughts and inspire you to do even greater things. Today, I'm in conversation with Harish Achappa KM. Harish is a seasoned product manager and an experienced entrepreneur. Harish talks about choosing mechanical engineering as a subject of study and then getting into TCS engineering services as he started his career. While working on valves and compressors, how he needed to learn programming so that some of the modeling jobs that he had to do could be done much easier and liking that and continuing to work on development and later getting an opportunity to work on a public infrastructure project and how he learned the value of parameterization while programming and the experience while working directly with the clients as well as remotely and some of the good practices that led to a much higher effectiveness in terms of the solutions built. His uh, experience of taking up a product manager role, primarily enabled by his ability to ask a lot of questions, to clarify the requirements. He also talks about product thinking, even when one is working on an enterprise solution. And finally, his very valuable and interesting as well as simple career advice for those who are starting their careers, as well as those who are well into their career and looking at some options for changing. Listen on. Hi, Harish. Welcome to the Software People Stories. Hi, Shiguru. Uh, thank you for inviting me in. I'm happy to be here. I'm looking forward to a very interesting conversation because I know that you've done a lot of interesting things. So let us start hmm. with your origin story. Uh, so one thing is I got into engineering. I chose mechanical engineering because I liked machines and i wanted to also study in bangalore for whatever reason i used to be in chennai my native place of school so i used to apply for rv college so got that and then rvc mech so i enjoyed quite a lot four years and then towards the end a lot of the companies that were coming in either the difference in the kind of work or the salary or the opportunities available all of that were there and that's when you know i got into tcs and tcs had a uh, engineering services also and that's why i chose uh, uh, tcs and then i got into the into the engineering services division they were doing a bit of uh, modeling and they were trying to get into engineering design with plants okay so that's how my career started and my initial project was uh, working on uh, valves and compressors. So I asked for the project because it had a bit of design. Otherwise, many of the uh, work was more on uh, 3D modeling based on designs already done. But they were looking to, the clients were looking to trial out on designing and then taking the entire chain forward. What it means is, you know, a bit of material selection based on prior information and then looking at calculating specs in order to actually, you know, design the uh, valves and then submitting for uh, reviews and then taking it up to modeling. So I was very interested in that piece and uh, luckily enough, uh, at that point in time, there was a technical interview by the clients and uh, they were asking a lot of uh, you know, design 
questions and flow questions how do fluids work through valves how do you control for flow rates those kind of things luckily enough you know i i had brushed up a bit of the me- mechanical engineering concepts and then i could actually do it and they said okay fine uh, let's take him into the project and that's how it started and the good thing about it was uh, through that I actually worked in client locations in Italy and US for another 18 months to uh, learn and do design and modeling and through that I got interested into programming that's how my story started itself because uh, initially I was a mechanical engineer I didn't want to quit mechanical engineering and uh, I found a way to be in mechanical design and that in a certain way led to programming which happened to be my next project itself in a certain way you know uh, the campus interview stuff uh, uh, while i got a couple of companies and i chose tcs uh, folks will tell you why and i think it ended up well as in i enjoyed myself most of it my initial project company sponsored to italy and us and at that time fresh out of college within 3 4 months you're traveling and on a summer uh, where uh, the clients also paid for 15 days because in italy everything closes down in the summer so i had a good time i think at the start of my career so the shift from being a user of software to saying that i will now develop software hmm. was that based on any one trigger or was there something that kind of impressed you that you looked at shifting it's a, it's a mix of two things one is while working to the projects the, what i found was when you have to design valves and when you have to you know uh, build and compressor blades there are mathematical equations that are done and material selection and then you actually model the graphics 3d modeling so you create equations and you actually you know uh, apply the extrusion or those kind of principles actually construct the model and if a ready made model is not available then you have to write it as in you have to program it you, have, you create custom functions for it and uh, because i was doing the design i was getting closer to the customization because the moment you do that then uh, it becomes ready for the production line and that's how i got introduced to programming then i started having a slightly different perspective of programming because it was fun you think about it and then you actually you know you create a, a parametric function through which you can test the design in several ways and then you look at the results and that's how you know i actually while i read c before that is when i started using c much more sharply and then c++ because then you actually you know make it simpler uh, to be, make it more parameterized uh, then started reading about objects classes and in a certain way started off as a hobby within the project itself Uh, because i was interested in doing it and i saw some programmers doing it i was speaking to them and instead of doing the design then you kind of you know, say hey i can also can I also pair with you can i also uh, look at it and then understand what they are doing and that's how my journey started and as i did that one of the things i realized is i need, really needed to build up skills in doing that itself as in you know while i could do a bit of programming the the actual work that needs to uh, needed to get a model out at that stage was non trivial and uh, then i realized i should i had done my b in mechanical engineering i had a decent background in programming from the training but then i was not satisfied so i enrolled for distance learning and at that point in time i had also come back to india after you no know, 24 months i was working in the project but there's a difference in the kind of projects that were being done at the client side versus over here and so i spoke to the uh, tcs hr uh, they used to call rms uh, at that point in time resource managers or something like that to uh, put me into a, a full development project and that and i also laced it with i don't want to travel on site 
but I want a very good development project where I can learn a lot of things because I'm doing my MS in distance learning. Uh, they were going a bit of back and forth, but then they supported me. So they put me into a, a project where you know, I can just do programming. That's how I got into it. And I said, I wanted a challenging project. So they said, it's a, uh, they put me into a project, which I think I'm thankful for. Uh, so I got into the security settlement system, PDO India's project, which is uh, public infrastructure in India itself. So as a programmer, I was doing quite a lot of, uh, I learned a lot of things and I also saw how software is actually used in production, was rolled out. So I learned quite a lot during the transition. My transition to being a programmer in a nutshell was more because I wanted to understand how things that get used as software get built and uh, that led to transitioning to programming. So when you started using hmm. software for your modeling and other things, were there any frustrating moments when as a subject matter expert, you want to do something and you felt that, oh, why does this software not do this? Why can't it understand this? To be honest, not, not frustrating moments because uh, one, I was fresh out of college and so you know, any concept is a new concept. So while you know that you have to build a function and then extrude or you have to you know parameterize and put in. Uh, I was getting blocked by more of what, how exactly is it done over here in, in the software. And then you find out that there are some cookie cutter approaches in the software, but then to really get stuff out to the next stage of design or manufacturing process, then you, have, you may have to do something sales. And that is when I realized that initially for the first couple of weeks or few weeks, it was like, you know, uh, do something else, go and speak to someone else. And then they'll say, yes, I'll do it. And then, so how are you doing it? That became the question. And then that person introduced me to, do you know UFunk? That was a you know, unigraphic function, functions uh, programming. And then he showed me about C and I knew C. And so then I asked him, so how do I do it for smaller things? Because you, you just have, there are certain classes of the smaller stuff that we need to do. Is that that's pretty simple if you know C and then all you have to do is it's already there in your machine because it's a Unix workstation. So you should be able to put it. You need to get access, but otherwise it's fine. And that is how I put it. So it was, I will not say I got frustrated, but I was just curious. That's how I'll, I'll put it. Because we normally talk about uh, building systems with empathy for the users. Uh-huh. And particularly for technical users, they're probably their expectations are also very high and they want to do things and if the software is not been designed to be accommodative or be more discoverable sometimes you hear that it becomes a challenge uh, yeah well i guess uh, uh, the reason why i did not feel that way is many of my senior engineers will usually review specs that are at that point in time used to be paper printed or you send it over an email and download attachment or blueprints that you actually print out in the A0 sheet for them to review, okay, using a plotter. So uh, to that extent, their uh, uh, interaction was with the spec, the drawings, and then if they have doubts, then suddenly they'll, you know, come and sit next to you and say, okay, let's change this. And that is when, you know, when they say, let's change it, then you have a choice of being able to, if you have a parametric function that can change, then it's much more interactive with the, with the senior engineer who's actually going to, you know, sign off on, uh, on the design versus if it's not parametric, then you have to, uh, yeah, give me some time. I'll change it to what you want. And the, that is where I think the iterative, pro- the value of the iterative process are there because you're sitting next to a senior engineer for lack of a better word, they are your clients because they actually interact with the clients and then you know, uh, have to sign off formally on the design spec. 
and they are getting through with you because you are closer to the modeling and the getting the drawing out and you understand design so so when they are sitting next to you and then you have to tell okay let's change this arish then you'll say okay i i take 10 15 minutes the conversation stops and then it goes for the half day and that is where the value of parameterization i think i learned quite a lot and that was the trigger for me to understand how do i do it without having to every time either a change it manually or do something where i have the base equation and then based on what people tell you know the constraints and then uh, know how do you change the model and what kind of things that we can do in the programming to get the i think that was the trigger for me to learn programming because the i felt the conversation was much more uh, productive and they were also excited because the moment my engineers when i did a few of the things towards uh, as they uh, as they started sitting down they start changing the value and then looking at the model okay this looks right so can you just double check it and let's just you know we are ready to sign if this works kind of a thing the point being that then you understand that when you work closely with the people who are interested in and you have a way in which they can trial it out then it moves faster and in a certain way i think i have absorbed that even today as a product manager because i like to watch how people work and then see what comes into you know the software yeah that's very good i think the perspective of uh, being curious to understand and explore i think definitely reduces the barriers of frustration and also you discover a lot of new things to do things creatively yeah uh, i go back to one thing that you mentioned about the difference between working say at a client location versus mm. here what are some of the significant uh, differences that contributed to let's say you feeling more comfortable in one environment versus the other I think the first point was directly working with the users of the artifact that we are producing one uh, and because it's a technical product that works okay as in you know there are places where uh, my next project was not in that way but then directly working with the users and then feeding off the energy by having common questions when we begin and then navigating or retracing through to get the artifact you get quicker feedback because the engineer is just sitting next to you and then you know i've done it let can we just catch up if you have some time and uh, then catch up for 15 minutes and yeah this looks good but we need to do a few more things so that kind of a cycle it was good but the other aspect was some of that work was not yet done remotely at all so and, and that's the reason why uh, when they done the interview i realized that they had they told okay this person can come in because they wanted to set up a team once we go back and get this process kind of institutionalized where the team can work throughout at least for more complex things that are starting off they can work with someone who has already been through the design process and also set up a team so that was the idea so that phase of where you know we have to learn a lot of things understand not just how to produce the artifact but the thinking as to you know when given a problem statement why is that important for someone because initially i still remember the engineer says the service is difficult knew the word service is difficult in the context of a valve it meant the fluids quality is such that the material will degrade faster and hence that is the service so it's not the valve service the service to the valve which they are looking at so okay. you have to understand the context the uh, words that people use the meaning for it in how we do the design the need to avoid assumptions and ask those were things that i learned and that becomes easier when we are on site a with the client with the user and actually checking is this what it is kind of a thing versus if you are working remotely so that was one difference the second one was 
I think even now exists in a certain way, at least in the manufacturing and design industry. Simply put, uh, in India, we do not do a bit of that kind of work fully, except in fewer locations. And they don't pay as much as IT does. That's the other aspect of the reality that's there. But I think the key thing is energy by working with users, understanding the context and the ability to iterate faster. Those were the key parts that uh, where I like working either at onsite, but when I mean onsite, I think I actually mean working with the users closely. Yeah, that's what all these agile approaches kind of recommend that you work closely yeah. with the users understand. I wanted to touch upon the other thing that you mentioned about uh, creating a public infrastructure. So from creating, let's say, highly technical solutions, let's say in the design space to something that is a public infrastructure, which means that probably the scale is going to be much larger and probably the variations in actual usage could also be very wide. So how did that transition happen in your mind? How did you prepare yourself to work on a completely different area or a different problem space? To be honest, I think after I moved into the software project for the first eight months, I was totally lost. As in, you know, and when I mean totally lost, I actually mean it because I was all optimistic, enthusiastic, and then I was doing my MS and in from its plan, it is still learning. Okay. And then they put me to a very good project. It was later the Indian government financial infrastructure at that point in time it was coming up. And then, and it had as in front end and back end by that, what I mean is it was using at that point in time, uh, C++ on Windows, on Unix. VB for uh, UI and then in the distributor side it had MQ series which was right now Kafka has been used a messaging layer and then uh, it had again uh, mainframe but C++ compiled in Unix and mounted on the mainframe so it had a bunch of different stack and I started off doing I guess the simplest of things on VB programming and integrating with the C++ on the Windows server but even that it took a at least a few months for me to actually turn out where a I was happy with it or where you know things appeared much more logically clear to me as in from the time if someone says okay let's go and build this functionality okay of say I'm just making it up something called a correction booking which means that you know some booking has done somewhere and then you have to you know correct it manually so, so first you have to understand what it is and the second thing is how you have to do it and then how you have to organize the flow of information what all layers it goes into and then get the users to see it and then only then you realize that okay fine the screen is all laid out messy uh, and then you understand that okay i should have probably checked with the ui designer before making it up and then spend a few more days kind of sort and then when the same modulator checks for the software periodically on a weekly basis then on at least for the first couple of months he was about to lose patience because he said no we have to rewrite parts of it go back and change it before we check in. It, it used to pass. The software used to pass all the tests and all those things. But then you know, he wasn't happy with different things and didn't understand what it is. So I was struggling a bit for the first four to five months. And where it was good is because I was, I'm using the word struggling, but what was actually happening was you're writing software and you also have to read. And it is good that people are setting standards which cannot be broken. And so you are aiming to meet those standards. So I think at a tough time for the first four to five months, because a lot of the project had everything under, under it. Like, you know, it had, uh, like I told, it had between VB, C++, uh, mainframe, Unix, Seagate Crystal Reports, Oracle, and DB2 on mainframe. So it was a lot of technology to for even folks who had done programming. 
for a couple of years like unlike me to come and ramp up and i i think i had gone through a good learning phase into it but through that some of the strengths were also very useful because as i started speaking to my functional analyst who was a retired bank manager who understood the functionality then i asked him why are we doing it and uh, he used to tell that at least just one day who asked questions and i think that saved the uh, my skin several times when i was writing bad code and getting pushed back because he used to say no no this guy will pick up just give him some time okay he was supportive of me and uh, and it did happen because once that phase passed out i was again working directly with the clients and to date i'm very happy about a functionality which was actually not passing some of the functional tests of users because there are some cases that had not been specified and i was in a meeting with them i had gone to them and uh, worked with them to actually change it in about two months and they were very happy and they said he first started off with how what we need to get out of this and not what needs to be done and that's the way to do things i think the first three months of my project while i struggled was more on the how to do things but the learning from the prior project of what needs to be done why is it important that stayed and i think it saved my day to be honest over there i stayed in the project for 3 years i went through a complete production cycle and i got out as a project lead and in a certain way that project made my transition into a software programmer which i enjoyed quite a lot also and that software i think is still being used even though i'm very sure it have gone through a lot of iterations the system's name is still there and and still being used for you know financial settlements etc so so i'm very happy with that we i also got a commendation letter from tcs i also from the chairman at that point in time itself for participating in a key project which not only uh, is a marquee for tcs but also for uh, india in its uh, quest for finance and security settlement and those kind of things so it was a pretty good project yeah very nice you also mentioned playing the role of a product manager so how was that transition from mm-hmm. a developer to handling a product i guess that started off uh, because i was uh, asking a lot of questions before even writing a line of code and uh, several times if the functional analyst doesn't understand then i actually ask him so are you going to find it out should i start should i wait but i'll start off what are the parts and then let's leave the parts that you are not very clear about open and if required let's get into a call with the users I, and i i never used to demand specs or change i'll just ask him should i start these are the parts that i think you have acknowledge that it's not going to change so i'll start off with that meanwhile can we just meet the client and then put it because i used to ask a lot of questions he used to say harish come along tag me into the call i guess part of it is to avoid having to recant and get more questions and one question misses out so i said come listen in okay and that was the and then i i just can't listen in uh, no sometimes you have to ask a question so then you join into the call that that was the phase where you know you actually understand why people are doing it and you ask questions of who is going to use it uh, is it in the branch office in the head office and then suddenly who is going to use it the moment you ask that question i still remember distinctly uh, that is when even the functional analyst realized that one of the person who is using it is in states head offices okay and the uh, other person who needs to review it is in the other office and there is actually a time limit of 15 20 minutes by which they have to do it and then like i i still remember the question asked so how do how do these people know when they need to approve uh, the guy just matter of fact just told that he does it and then 
he calls him and asks him to approve. And then he goes, searches for it and approves it. I just came back with the problem and then I was going and telling me a model lead. We have the system that people are using and then approval doesn't have the stuff. People are looking at should we pull and then pull in and all of things. And then I was also reading about MQ series for a different thing. And then suddenly realized Microsoft also has, you know, MQ, MSMQ is to be called that kind of a thing. And then I was just telling, so why can't we use messaging? Can we drop a message and can pick up on all those things? You're looking up and down at me. And then I was not shaken off because at least that idea had occurred to me. And so I was just being persistent with it. So I said, okay, but there'll be a change. Here's a model lead. And then, you know, some dev comes and tells, okay, let's do this. It's all nice, but then it costs certain things to do. You have this idea. I don't even know whether anyone is going to approve it. The function is also fine. And then the big thing was, uh, uh, will the users want it? And especially will the users want it as a change? Okay. Which means they have to pay for it. And because I was running with the idea, then uh, they sort of, he again to come along and then we're discussing certain things. And apparently the, the users themselves are also speaking about it. Okay, that it would, it would be nice if the software itself tells what's our activities, all those kind of things. And uh, they said, yeah, that will be useful addition, but we need to understand it should not be just for this function, it should be overall. That should be the whole cycle itself. And there were other places in the software that they had seen which it could be put in. I think that was the transition to actually, you know, understanding the problem and then generating an idea and seeing out. That gave me a hype. That's the actual word to use it because you know people tell that, okay, uh, that transition because I was now actually building software that was less, uh, the model it was happy with. And then uh, suddenly, you know, you ask about the functional question and uh, people are generally happy with you telling, okay, fine. I'll tell this guy the functionality, he will build it and it's a very good quality and he can also take it to the user. I think that started the transition for me being a product manager, even though that's not the word that was there because then you can, you can get him into functional conversations. You can get him into what needs to be built. If you don't get him, he's going to kill you with questions, that kind of stuff. And then that's how it started off. And because of that, I also got into the next project where they put me in a client facing role so that I can start understanding the requirements and build it. I think that started the journey from being a programmer to programmer slash analyst or generating ideas on what needs to be done after understanding the users, all those things. As time passed, I became more a product manager, but even I stopped programming and that's a bit of a regret I have. Well, I was not completely stopping programming, but then for all practical purposes, I was not programming as much as I used to. And that is one regret I have that uh, as I got into this role, I stopped programming because I feel that's very important too. See, one immediate question I have is uh, the relevance or uh, the use of product thinking when you're building an enterprise solution or within an enterprise? So if I have to you know, recast your question, it's like the product thinking becomes like, if how do I generalize a product such that it can be, uh, the solution that I give can be used in multiple areas. I think if you put it that way, uh, and, and that's, a, that's an interesting element to it because then what happens is it's actually efficiency thinking by that. What I mean is given something that we built, how can we apply it in different places? And that kind of a thinking is uh, because whenever you build a tool, then when it's used in multiple places, it, it is actively used a, and hence they'll, they, it'll, it'll live forever. As in, you know, people will invest in it because it's creating value to a certain way. I cannot think of anything else. No, to actually build things. If it's single purpose, single use, 
is actually creating waste. That's how mentally I'm tuned to. When we are building something, then it has to, if it has to live slightly longer, then we need to look at how is it being used and what are the other areas in which it can be applied? Because the act of building takes effort. Forget money. It takes, it takes somebody's effort. And then how do we broad base it? I think that is the crux of product thinking because you take any tool that you know, even we use, tool in the kitchen even. Something that is more generally actively used will last for generations over something that is being used for a fancy you know, thing. It may have a single purpose. And then except for the single purpose, you can't use it. But then something that's used in multiple places or can be used in multiple ways, last is actually, you know, it's, it's picked up, used, washed, cleaned. And if it's of higher value, people actually look for it. And I think that is the difference when building products. When we hear about something, so what are the other places in which it can be used? Or more importantly, because I'm spending effort, how can I make sure that it is used in more places? Because then it's more optimally used. I think that's, I, I would think of that as the crux of product thinking and it actually pays off. Yeah, that answered my question because one is of course taking something and making it generic. But more than that, I was curious about how do you build things that will last, not yes. as a one shot or a one point solution. Yeah. 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 Thank, yeah. Thanks, Anish. I didn't realize that uh, we've been going on for almost half an hour, which is not only the duration for uh, an episode. But okay. I would like to ask you a question related to your career tips. If for two categories of people, one, those who are freshers or who are aspiring to get into IT, and the second is uh, typically what we may call as a mid-career uh, uh, professionals who may want to consider product management as a line. So how would one prepare for pressures? Is there something that they need to do? Like in your case, be technical first and then look at it, or do they get into functional details or become a, a domain expert? And for people who've played either individual contributor roles or even managerial roles, if they were to consider roles in product, what could they do? I think for the uh, freshers, and this is, uh, the first thing is, I think, uh, to approach anything with curiosity and a willingness to learn. And I'm using the word uh, drive, by that what I mean is a drive to actually do it and learn. I think that helps a lot. And through that, uh, to be actually enthusiastic, because there may be days where, you know, uh, there are frustrations because, you know, you have not got somebody has denied from something. You, you are an intern, and then you know you're, you're doing a bunch of stuff. But I think the sense of purpose in learning, picking up skills, observing, and actually doing and consolidating what have we learned, I think helps a lot. And I, I can speak about it more confidently now than when I was a youngster. I feel because people, several people have told me that that's one of my strengths. I'm happy to hear it because. I, I still remember it's not just the learning for the day or so on. I used to actually think about, so what actually did I learn? Okay. And when you look at it, only then you realize that you may have done 25 different things and, uh, you know, in programming, in uh, learning through it, you can assimilate and consult it. Okay. I learned something about how to approach a problem. And in that case, I did something. And a few of the things 
I have actually learned that it doesn't work. If you consolidate in that way, a, I used to feel happy after doing that because then you know your frustrations go away because you have synthesized it into something that is useful. For some reason, I I used to be able to do it, and I'm glad. And I think that has kept my peace of mind. Otherwise, you know. So as a as a uh, uh, if you are starting the career, I think that's extremely critical that we learn, we look at it, everything that we do with enthusiasm. And if it's something is frustrating, we look at why and address it. Take responsibility for that itself. Because you know uh, uh, the reason why I'm telling that is as I was doing the uh, UFUNC programming in my mechanical engineering design, I knew that I was struggling in programming. And there were choices. And I thought, okay, let me do a course, try and see where it goes. It ended up well. Okay. So investing in ourselves and learning at any point, I think, helps. The product managers, I think the biggest thing, at least given where we are. If I, you know, if if you are, if you want to build products, I think folks will have to ask themselves: Do they enjoy generating ideas and do having to throw out their coolest idea because it doesn't work? The second thing that I have to ask for is: Unless you have a hard skill to back up by, as in learning how to build, a product manager will corral people to build. All of that will happen. What is your motivation? Has to be very clear. As in, you know, are you motivated to build versus are you motivated in generating ideas versus are you motivated in generating ideas and actually getting people to build it, which means selling the idea? Where do your interests or happiness lie? Because fundamentally, I think that affects how we do things. If you are interested in building, then being connected to a hard skill of the act of building is critical. If not, you must find a way in which you deliver value by, you know, either even if you're working with users, then generating ideas, testing it out, helping the team see what you have seen, and learning from both the stakeholders and the teams because you have to be in the manner of selling the idea and actually getting people to adopt it. You have to build those kind of things. So you have to be very clear about what is motivating to product management. And the reason why I'm actually also calling it out is right now everyone seems to be doing product management, but are we finding value that needs to be built? Are we trialing out with ideas? Hence, how are we navigating that path? I think it's critical for uh, a person to feel satisfied in the role of a product manager. Very nicely put, Harish. On that note, I think that's about all the time that we have for this episode. I do have some more questions on your. Entrepreneurial stint. Yes. We'll keep that for a, another conversation. Sure. Thank you, Shubhu. Thank you. Bye. We thank Siddharth for the music and Anita for promoting the software people stories. If you like this episode, please subscribe on your favorite podcast client and spread the word in your network. If you'd like to share your story, contact us at podcasts at pm-powerconsulting.com.